0: Name.
1: what's his name i got nothing out of name Come on baby what's the name hello again and welcome to jump cuts a podcast about movies my name is charlie and i'm joined as always by my
0: co-host will i'm putting gin in my coffee and i'm getting ready to podcast oh no <laughs> that can't taste good
1: It looked awful. (laughs) And Park. Hello. (laughs) I don't have anything to follow that up. (laughs) Uh, This week we watched Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, another movie about your relationship. So I'll uh, throw this one over to Park for a quick recap and then we'll get into it. After a painful breakup, Clementine undergoes a procedure to erase memories of her former boyfriend Joel from her mind. When Joel discovers that Clementine has gone to these extremes to forget their relationship, he undergoes the same procedure and slowly begins to forget the woman that he loved. So, this was my pick this week. Um, I didn't really mean for it to uh, follow the Lost episode of Lost in Translation, just really hitting it home with these back-to-back relationship episodes that are full of feelings. But I think this was both of y'all's first time seeing the movie yes Buzz, correct yeah. yeah so what did y'all think of it I've, I've seen it a couple of times before and i really do like it a lot i really liked it yeah i it had been on my need to watch list for a while um especially because i mean serious role jim carrey right there's only so much of that out there uh but yeah i i thought it was really good
0: yeah i i liked it i honestly wasn't expecting to like it as much as i did i don't know why that is exactly i guess i would call myself a jim carrey skeptic uh, <laughs> I, but this is probably the best role i've seen him in because uh, I, I guess the only other like serious jim carrey movie i've seen is truman show and i think in truman show you, you might have been able if i if i remember you could probably replace him with like a lot of like leading men and he would, pr- it would probably be like the same movie, you know, like, I don't know, but like his performance in this movie felt like a lot more impactful, I guess. Uh, and I feel like we got more out of him in this one. Uh, so yeah, I was like very pleasantly surprised, honestly, this movie, uh, I have a lot of complicated thoughts about it, I guess. <laughs> well, that's good because we have to
1: fill an hour. So yeah, uh, <laughs> Yeah, I so I knew the basic plot of the movie coming in. Or I mean really basically what we talked about in the recap, right, of uh Jim Carrey gets his mind erased to erase his ex girlfriend. Uh and I I don't know, on some level I wish I didn't, but like that is so early in the movie, that's the only thing there really is to know about it going in, right? <laughs> it's like one of those things that feels like if you saw a trailer or read the description on Netflix, which is where I read that before I watched it, uh, you're like, "Wow, that seems like a huge spoiler." And I guess it is, but like, it is literally the foundation of the movie, so it's not like it's spoiling the ending. But the yeah. the first few minutes of the movie, when you don't know what exactly is happening with that yet, I feel like it would be more compelling if you knew absolutely
0: nothing. But that's basically impossible. Yeah, I mean, I'm someone who knew that it had to do with like someone losing his memories of uh, his relationship just through like cultural osmosis, I guess. Like people saying, using, I've literally he- heard the term like eternal sunshine, like yeah. <laughs> as like a verb <laughs> before, you know? Like it's one of those movies that I guess has like broken into just like a kind of a common knowledge for a lot of people. And, Therefore, it's sort of kind of spoiled in that regard, even though it is sort of like the mind altering stuff is revealed, like, you know, before even the halfway point. Uh, And I don't think it impacted my watching like that much. I guess it would be like kind of a mind blown sort of thing if you were to go into this like totally blind. Mm -hmm. But that is compared to how the movie makes you feel like after that reveal i feel like that's it's fine if you know <laughs> that going into it you know? yeah. yeah.
1: if the only thing the movie had going for it was plot twist then that would have really sucked but it's not uh yeah. and again i mean it's hardly a plot twist if it happens in the first 20 minutes of the movie yeah. um but i definitely spent the first few minutes before it gets to that point where they uh start to talk about it and he finds out that Clementine has done this. And again, so the movie starts with a flash forward, I guess. Or rather, the rest of the movie is a flashback, but it starts near the end and then goes back a few days to before he uh, gets his mind erased. Oh, it goes back two years. That's right. It goes back. Yeah, so, he met Clementine 2 years beforehand cuz like at the start of the movie he opens up his journal and he said like in his inner monologue he says to himself like this is my first entry in 2 years because they yeah, tore I, well, out all the pages. I guess what I'm saying is the the main plot thread of course over the course occurs over the course of like 3 or 4 days, right? He finds yeah. out a few days before Valentine's Day that she's done this and then he gets his procedure the night before Valentine's Day. Um but yeah, so that whole part, at first, I was trying to like piece together knowing what happened. I was like, okay, is this woman that he's talking to the ex-girlfriend who's been erased from his mind? Or is it the Naomi that he mentions that he hasn't talked to in a while? Um, or is you know this him meeting the person and the mind erasing will be later? And it becomes apparent pretty quickly that, yeah, this is somebody that he already knows. Uh, And that goes into the flashback from there, I guess, or out of the flash forward. Really, you should just call that a flash forward, because, again, most of the movie takes place before that. Yeah, And you really you don't even get the opening credits until after that. So like that entire sequence takes place before we even get the credits. And then as soon as the credits start, we go back to just before Jim Carrey goes or Joel goes through with the procedure.
0: Yeah, that's it's maybe the furthest into a movie I've seen credits from what I remember outside of ones that just like have everything at the end. Like, (laughs) I I was kind of I was like surprised. I thought we had like already gone through credits, and I guess like had forgotten about it, you know, because they never really stand out. But just like them suddenly like hitting you with credits, it was like eighteen minutes into the movie. Uh, uh, Also, like knowing what. It was like weirdly a huge clue that uh, it was not the first time they had met. The fact that they like have all this before the credits like that on top of Elijah Wood showing up and being weird. It's like, oh, uh, he's already <laughs> lost his memory. OK. Uh, like, Yeah. Elijah nice
1: Wood's sense. a fucking incel. Oh, yeah. He's <laughs> real creepy in this movie. In this yeah. movie. I don't mean that against you, Elijah Wood. But in this yeah. movie, my God, <laughs> his character is disgusting. <laughs> But oh, yeah, I, I think, think that same. sequence is really effective though because you go again the first like 18 20 minutes of the movie there is a very immediate weight to it and something is like clearly a little like off and uncomfortable and like simultaneously overly familiar but also very unfamiliar about the uh relationship between uh Oh, God. Joel and Clementine? Joel and Clementine. (laughs) That that whiskey in your tea already kicking in there, buddy? (laughs) Uh, No, I just, I shouldn't have tapped out of the IMDB page. I'm terrible (laughs) with names. I gotta just keep it up at all times, so I remember. But yeah, it's... uh, Something is, like, very clearly wrong, and yet at the same Mm -hmm. time, something is, like, clearly... There's some sort of strong chemistry between them building up to, like, the scene of them laying on the ice, right? Yeah. Um uh, and it yeah, it works when it goes from that to the like oh, like he's getting his memory erased before yeah. this. It's immediately like a oh shit, like we're we're out of happy time already.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Even though like the happy time is also kind of sad time.
0: I, I don't know how well y'all like remember Lost in Translation. I remember pretty well because I just got done editing it like yesterday. <laughs> but uh like maybe i guess compared to like that relationship uh to me i i I didn't really i wasn't that into like these two characters actually being together this is like a weird movie where it's like a romance movie it's entirely about their relationship where like i didn't really like the characters that much like i didn't find them charming at all but i still really liked the movie if that makes sense (laughs) yeah i'm like like i don't like, I didn't care, like, that much that they got together. Like, I don't think they're going to make it. <laughs> and I don't <laughs> think they even necessarily should, because I don't think they're good for each other. But, like, it still ended up, like, a really effective movie, which I, I don't think I've ever felt that way about a romance movie before.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, even though, like, I think I had a slightly more positive takeaway from the ending than you did, you could absolutely read it both ways. And I think that is what works right yeah they uh as characters like have a lot of faults that make them in some ways kind of grating, which is sort of the point of the movie yeah. uh so yeah i wasn't overly invested in like their specific happiness although i didn't yeah. want it
0: <laughs> yeah i mean I, I don't want like i don't like wish ill on the characters or anything but it's like I don't like, as I watched the movie, the more I was like, man, these people really need to like fix some stuff about themselves before they can start, (laughs) you know, like, uh, but it's like Clementine being like an alcoholic and Joel being just uh, completely non-communicative, really just I was like, man, this is not going to work out, you know, uh, unless like the events of the movie have like maybe change them enough you could say to have like their second go at it be like, like go better you know like if that changes their perspective enough but like they still got a lot of work to do
1: <laughs> yeah well not to like dive straight into interpreting the ending but it's what we're you are gonna say park do you want to oh no, i was just first oh and no, i was just gonna get into like the like the light that the movie kind of puts their relationship like it's up front it's very negative, but the further into the movie you get, you realize that like they actually did have a loving relationship. Mm-hmm. And I think it's just the way that they I, I might be over interpreting this, but when they're going through and deleting the memories, all the memories we see up front are negative memories. But then the further in we get, we get all like the positive memories of, you know, them talking and like laying in bed talking to each other or like at the drive in theater going to see her grandmother and that's where jim carrey's like trying to rescue her and keep her in his memories and i think it's because when you have negative memories about a relationship those are normally going to be like your strongest they're the ones you're going to feel the strongest about so in a sense they're the easiest memories to find so that's the ones that they're going through and deleting first because they're very prominent like I said, I might be overinterpreting this, and that's why we get this negative light of their relationship at the beginning.
0: Yeah, I, I-, I think that's fair, and like yeah. I'm not saying that like all of their relationship is just like negative the whole time. And I do think it's really interesting uh, when they have like the state of mind that they're in when they went to get their memories erased, and then like compare that to like the state of mind that like they're in when they both like meet up again and how like you can tell like the all the anger and all the bad memories being like up front in their mind and then like comparing that to when they were like happier together it is really interesting Uh, yeah i mean
1: the the movie is basically a metaphor for fights and relationships right it's like you are and especially like the further in it goes the more you're forced to kind of face up and deal with the things you don't like about each other or the negative aspects of your own personalities. And you either decide to keep going or you don't. Right. That's what the movie is. It's them facing up with all of that stuff and dealing with the uh, shitty parts of themselves and how they affect each other. And they decide, you know what, we're going to keep going. And maybe they break up later. Maybe later they decide it's not worth it. Um, But yeah, like you said. (laughs) Yeah,
0: and I also think it kind of has like another angle going on. And I feel like it's, you see it maybe a little more with the other people that are going into this clinic to get their memories erased, where it's like people like that sort of feeling or instinct when something really tragic happens. Like there was one lady whose uh, dog had died, clearly, and she was like bringing... She wanted to forget the dog. Yeah, and he had the other uh, guy with the grief. Yeah, what was that?
1: Oh, I was gonna say he had the other guy with the bowling trophies.
0: Yeah, I'm not sure what went on with that guy. <laughs> I um, I
1: thought it was supposed to be like his kid died or something.
0: Maybe um, I don't maybe. know, but like people coming in, like, really, like th- th- this clinic is horrifying. Like, oh yeah, as odd. you watch the movie, because it's like essentially preying on or tricking these people that are in like incredibly emotionally vulnerable places who are like, I just want the sadness to stop. I will do anything like just wipe my memory of everything about this because they're not thinking about any sort of like positives that, uh, came with like this experience, uh, or like the time with that person or that pet <laughs> even, you know, uh, and, I think it's really interesting the sort of uh, theme or idea of wanting to like throw out all your memories and like maybe it's kind of like how people say like if you could go back in time would you and like mm-hmm. change like would you change anything you did when you were like a teenager or like in college would you study something different or would you like stick to the same path you know like mm-hmm. were Like your negative experiences in life important to getting you to like be the person you are now, things like that. Yeah, Um, and I I think that's like a really interesting angle of the movie. Yeah, because
1: the the Kirsten Dunst character of uh, looking at IMDb. It's Clementine, it's Mary. oh Mary, no, that's yeah, Oh, Kristen Dunst, yeah, sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah. Spider Man. Yeah, she's
0: she's Mary Jane, she's uh, Mary Jane. Uh, that's oh, right. Yeah. I
1: didn't even. I mean, I knew she was she was MJ in those movies, but I didn't connect Mary to Mary Jane because yeah. I'm an idiot. <laughs> uh, anyway, yeah, so her character, and we'll talk about her story later because Jesus, it's fucked up. But uh, yeah, she talks a couple times in the middle of the movie brings up quotes about losing memories essentially right uh, and there's the one about like the forgetful man is fortunate that like he's forgotten his blunders or is unaffected by his blunders or something mm-hmm. um and it's like very I mean it sounds very clearly naive from the POV of the end of the movie right but like it's not entirely insane it's sensible. <laughs> The, yeah, the the yeah. thought process that puts people into these situations is perfectly reasonable. Everybody has been through it at some
0: point. Um, yeah, her her arc is maybe the most interesting in the movie to me because oh, she yeah. has all these quotes and like reverence for this procedure that's happening, and she thinks she's like really all for it until she finds out that it happened to her, and then she not only is like heartbroken and pissed off uh she nukes the entire program. <laughs> yeah, like I, yeah.
1: we uh, were talking about we were talking about plot twists earlier and there are there is a plot twist in this movie, but amazingly it has very little to directly do with the main characters. It does affect the storyline mm-hmm. at the end of it, but it re- it has to do with the the doctors and the staff of the company that run these procedures. Mm. Um yeah, and I, mean, I think that's something very impressive about the screenplay, and it won the awards it did for a good reason. Is as out there in you know, it's emotionally a realistic movie, but in terms of scientific <laughs> process, it's unrealistic <laughs> and it's very surreal <laughs> the way that it's it's shot and the way that we're kind of going through God, characters' the memories so and minds good. the whole time. Yeah, there it's oh, it's so well directed, and we'll talk about that as well but the fact that in that very surreal and out there style of movie and story they're still able to put these very grounded gut punches in there like what happens to mary it's impressive it's a well-written movie Mm -hmm. um do we want to get into like the direction of the movie at all sure yeah Yeah, so as we said like it, it won the oscar for best original screenplay and um it was nominated for Kate Winslet for best best actress in a leading role but it somehow in the american academy awards did not get a nomination for best editing which or best cinematography which amazes me because the cinematography and the set setup in this movie is immaculate so while we are in Joel's mind going from dream to dream he's walking from a bookstore into a house, into the beach, all seamlessly in these really cool and well done shots. I think one of the ones at the very beginning is when he's remembering being in the Barnes and Noble and seeing Clementine, but Clementine doesn't know who he is anymore. And then he's remembers being at his friend's house. He walks out of the bookstore and all the light shut off behind him. And he's suddenly in his friend's house and it's just an empty doorway. And it's so well done and so seamless. I love it.
0: Yeah. They're all really cool. And like it, they kind of hit you out of nowhere. Almost, you know, like it's just like part way through the movie. It's like, Oh, Hey, surprise. This is a memory. <laughs> like yeah, you're, you're just like suddenly now. in his head. Yeah. And you're going to be here for most of the remainder of the film. <laughs>
1: Yeah, because it basically jumps back and forth between being in his bedroom after he has drugged himself, essentially, Mm -hmm. (laughs) been knocked out. And Mark Ruffalo and Elijah Wood and Kirsten Dunst and the doctor dude are all doing, you know, playing asteroids in his brain, basically (laughs) shooting Kate Winslet out of it Um, (laughs) and and having sex like on the chair
0: next to him and
1: yeah that too eating his food and drinking his liquor poor guy yeah. that was uh, a very
0: funny detail that it's like they clearly just always drink the, all like the liquor in the house and yeah. that they do this too because they're like like well they're not gonna like remember stuff like they're not gonna know they even did this procedure so whatever yeah. we can do whatever we want in here. <laughs>
1: Yeah, because they also erased themselves in the clinic from their brain. It, oh yeah. man, what a scam! This whole thing is a big old con job. It's so uh, evil. Yeah, I wonder how much it costs. <laughs> huh. It is really. I I texted our group chat at some point, fairly early in this movie, and it was around when like they were just starting to talk about this program. This is before they even started the procedure on him, and I was like, this is extremely upsetting
0: it's very oh god i did love the the line when uh he's talking to the doctor about getting the procedure asking him like questions about it and he asked like oh this give me like brain damage is it safe and he's like well technically the procedure is brain damage (laughs) (laughs) uh you'll really like no more than like just a heavy night of drinking uh (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and he like wakes up hung over i wondered where he got those pajamas at the beginning because like because they looked kind of out of place in the opening of the movie mm-hmm. uh and then you see him get him with the as part of the program as part of the procedure and i was like hey wow that's <laughs> he's got these like
1: really nice pajamas on and is just in a kind of crappy new york apartment
0: yeah i was i thought that was pretty impressive that it's like something that actually like stood out to me in the during the opening of the movie uh, ended up being like, no, it was supposed to stand out. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Also,
1: like, can you imagine how shocked like you personally would be if you woke up and you're suddenly in these like really nice pajamas and you have literally no idea where they came from or why they're on your body. That would be weird. Cause I'd be freaking out. Yeah. I'm trying to think. If I've woken up in a more confusing situation and I've woken up feeling very confused, but I, I can't think of one that's on this scale.
0: <laughs> and I don't like, it's probably good that they don't get too in the weeds about how the memory stuff works because like you probably could nitpick stuff like, Oh, well like, are they planting a memory of him putting on the pajamas? Cause like, why How, why, how would he remember them? Or like, Is he going to remember mysteriously getting them in the mail? Uh, But they don't invite that sort of thinking when you're watching the movie because they, they have them, like Charlie said, basically he's playing asteroids with their brain. Yeah. like It's the... The procedure is so abstract and so metaphorical that it's like, who cares exactly how it works? You know, yeah, it's yeah. not important. I'm glad, <laughs> but they, they don't,
1: I'm glad they don't get into, like, how the helmet works or how they identify the memories. They just have, like, random strings of code appearing on the screen as they map his brain. And it's just like, yeah, it just works. Yeah. yeah. If they tried to, like, be more sci-fi with this movie, I think it would lose you very quickly. Because, I mean, yeah. even as good as it was the one nitpick i have with that and it's a stupid nitpick but like if you think about the whole thing where they mail cards to like everybody you know that says like hey your friend had their ex-boyfriend erased from their brain never mention him the fact (laughs) that not everyone has a horrible relapse because somebody is immediately like what the fuck Okay. is the the most unrealistic
0: part about this well it we yeah. probably seen the movie like the whole thing is incredibly like it's dubious that they're even getting all the memories like these the people mm-hmm. running it are like it's kind of a scam like people that they will like memory wipe they'll like memory wipe someone's like a love for another person out of it and then they just fall in love with them again you know yeah. like what happened with kirsten dunst's character
1: uh, and with like, and with our two main characters. And with our
0: two main characters, right? And, like, it's, like, you could, even if they didn't get that tape at the end of the movie with, like, you know, proving that they had done this procedure, it seems apparent that if, like, I mean, they did just, like, run into each other naturally later on, and they, like, started hanging out again, you know, they got together. Like immediately, like I think it was like literally the next day after the procedure, they found each other again, right? Which uh, so sh- clearly doesn't even work that well. Well,
1: yeah, because like so you, it's kind of weird that at the end of uh, Joel getting his brain erased, you have Clementine like whisper in his ear like meet me at what what's the beach called that they go to? I'm blanking Montauk, Montauk Beach, and then she ends up being there as well. And like we don't we don't see any of the procedure inside of Clementine's head, so I'm almost wondering if she had a similar reaction, and like, you know, tried to save some part of Joel, and some part of Joel told her to be there as well. Yeah, because I think part of the implication here is like Will was saying you you can't really erase all, erase all of erase that it. stuff and like everybody's brain as they're going through this horrific memory erasing (laughs) vivid dream nightmare is having this fight-or-flight reaction where it's like run away and find some place to bury the good things so that they're still there which is just again extremely upsetting
0: yeah it's like they're (sighs) having the moment that you're supposed to have in real life when you're dealing with like the grief of a relationship or whatever, and like reflecting on the good times or maybe things that you learned about the world or yourself through this relationship with another person. And even if it's over, you have grown because of it, but they're having this realization as their memories are getting blasted out of them, (laughs) Uh, which is like pretty horrifying. Like this movie is, uh, can get gets like a little scary or like, uh, I don't know. Like it is, it's those scenes are like why this movie kind of hit me emotionally, even though I didn't, I wasn't like that invested in these like the characters themselves, you know, Yeah, you had the scene. Oh, continue the same. Like, b- b- because it lets you kind of put yourself The situation, you know, and you think about like what would happen if I lost if I lost like memories of like someone I cared about like this, and yeah, it would be horrifying. So like you don't even have to like these people, you can still be scared. (laughs) Yay.
1: It's thematically excellent. Yeah. Yeah. And like one of the scenes that just it hits me every time I see this movie is when we finally get out of kind of the bad memories being erased and we get into the good and happy memories that you want to hold on to from these relationships. Like when they're laying in bed, they have like the covers pulled up over their head. And she's talking about, you know, how she doesn't think that she's very pretty. She, you know, she's always thought that she was the ugly girl. And Joel tells her, no, like you're beautiful. I love you for you. And he's crawling through the cover saying, please let me just hold on to this one. Please don't delete it. And like, you almost kind of feel that pain of like, you want to hold on to these good memories of loved ones. You don't want them to go away.
0: And it, yeah. it hurts. <laughs> it's like, honey, you're Kate Winslet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's be realistic here. Yeah. <laughs>
1: That's the other unrealistic part of this movie, Kate Winslet not thinking she's pretty. <laughs> but yeah, now in, in terms of like the actual emotional intent and the impact of that scene,
0: it is, oh, God. Yeah, it's one of those things where it's like uh, it's certainly not like the writer's fault. It's just like because it's a movie, we gotta cast only hot people. This movie <laughs> yeah. would work better with like an uglier couple, probably. Uh, I gotta pee.
1: Pee break. Nice. Pee break. I guess uh, I might as well good. pee too. Oh, do I get to monologue again? Oh boy! Hell yeah, again. dude! Congratulations! <laughs> I don't even know what to monologue about this time. You know what? If you find yourself in a tough situation in a relationship, do everything you can to just work it out. And if it doesn't, sometimes it's best to focus on yourself. I know I've had this moment. I'm sure my two co-hosts Charlie and Will have had this moment. But don't try to erase that person. You are who you are. Because of what you do in your life, because of the decisions you make, the people you meet, you might have some very unhappy memories that you wish you could get rid of. But because of those interactions, you have changed as a person, whether you recognize it or not. And so keep those memories, hold on to them. And always strive to be the best you you can be. This has been a mildly intoxicated rambling from your podcast host, Park, here on Jump Cuts Pod. I love you and good night. Okay. I'm back. You giving a motivational speech? Giving a little bit of a motivational thing of hold on to those memories because even the painful ones have made you a better you. What if they made me a worse me? God damn it, Charlie. Don't undermine my entire monologue. What happened? Get the fuck out of here. (laughs) I need a treasure every minute. The fact that I'm here and I'm living within it. Sometimes I feel like the pace of my life's too fast, and I think about the time
0: that's passed. I can't remember what happened yesterday, the day before, anything, at any rate, anyway. I think what I'm trying to say
1: is, I don't want to live a life like this. Let's talk a little bit about some of the other characters in this movie. So we've touched briefly on uh Patrick, which is Elijah Wood's character, and Fuckin Stan, incel. which is Mark Ruffalo. Yeah, so Patrick is the worst character. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um so let's let's start with him he is as we have said disgusting so he basically helps stan do the uh erasing procedures and after they erase clementine's memories of joel he decides that he's in love with her because he's a creep he's not in love with her he's never been in love or he would know that that's not what's happening he's just (laughs) attracted to the hot lady that he erased the memories of uh but he's gross so he doesn't know the difference so he stalks her basically and uses joel's file of like stuff that he used to say but also her file of like stuff that she liked or didn't like about
0: joel to like be her creepy perfect boyfriend and it's very very gross Yeah, I do like her reactions when he does it though cuz it just freaks her the fuck out immediately. She's like off the bat just to, like really weirded out by whenever he says something that is like a direct quote or action that uh Joel took. <laughs> it's uh it's very interesting, watching, very well acted. I can see why she was like nominated, you know. And
1: yeah, I th- I felt like there was going to have to be some sort of like confrontation Right between like Joel and Patrick, and that doesn't really happen because, like you said, he the last sort of interaction with them is like him directly quoting something Joel said to her in the same situation of like laying on the ice, and then she freaks the hell out, gets them to drive back, and it's like, get away from me. Yeah, so, like. Uh, we, we already see that when they're, like, deleting Joel's memories, they even say, like, oh, he's made it back into a memory we've already deleted. So, like, there's still traces of these memories in your head, clearly. And so I guess him directly quoting Joel in the exact same situation, like, triggers one of these, like, fragments of a memory that's left. And they know that, right, because they talk about, like, you know, we're, we're taking all of this stuff that could be associated with them so, like, we don't set anything off or confuse you and telling all your friends not to talk about them and all that. And, like, they frame it as, like, uh, oh, like, you won't understand these things and where they came from or, like, who these people are talking about. But I think they know. It's like, no, it's like, this doesn't really work. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. And it's going to trigger something. Yeah, let's also not forget that uh, Patrick steals her underwear while they are doing the procedure. So when you do the procedure, you don't go to the clinic. You take a sedative and they come to your home and do it there. And they're just in your home all night. Thus, the reason why they drink your booze and eat your food and I guess smoke your weed too, or bring their own and smoke it in your apartment. And if you're Patrick, you steal panties because you're gross. basically just like vandals and home invaders and they break into your house yeah. and play asteroids in your brain and then yeah leave.
0: and he even tells the hulk and he's like what the, <laughs> like don't he's like, don't tell me that shit man <laughs> the <laughs> what fuck the fuck hell now i gotta deal with that
1: <laughs> uh, i think mark Ruffalo's character of Stan is very interesting too because like yeah he obviously he shouldn't be like you know drinking while fucking around and smoking weed (laughs) uh yeah none of these things are conducive to doing that work effectively Mm -hmm. but uh, he's like the least bad or rather like he and mary of the people that do the brain invading he is the least bad one and i kind of feel for him a little of like huh he just kind of like he doesn't have that much of a character arc it's really just him realizing like oh like Mary is in love with the doctor oh yeah. she got her brain erased oh no terrible things happen here I need to leave
0: yeah i uh yeah I would say Mary's probably a lot better than him like in terms of like morally but yeah she also she's also like the receptionist like she doesn't do any of the or actual like work you know mm-hmm uh, so, like, of oh, the people that are actually going into your brain, he is probably the best. <laughs> He has a, more of a moral center than the other ones, that's for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But He's... Mary, man, we so we talked about
1: her oh, a little bit. But, yeah, oh. so she basically, <laughs> at some point in the past, had an affair with the married doctor.
0: Much older doctor. Yes, much Connections older. Connections to uh, Austin Translation. Oh dear, yeah. Did uh, you know it, that Charlie Kaufman was born in 1958? No reason to point that out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, bringing it up. No. That this was also written by kind of an old man. <laughs> mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Anyway,
1: <laughs> the old man is having an affair with the hot 22-year-old. Um, and then because, you know, that's a bad thing that he cheated on his wife and is like hey i can't keep cheating on my wife with you she's like well erase yourself from my brain but he, so he does and then lets her keep working there
0: yeah knowing and all it this. sounds like it was kind of his idea to erase her memory of him you know? yeah, he did, yeah and he didn't do it to himself he did it to her cuz like his, his wife his wife knew about it mm-hmm is very clearly
1: time. just manipulating her to remain in a position of power. and It's horrifying. Yeah, yeah it's, it's disgusting. <laughs> oh, God. Because, like, he even tells her, like, oh, it was your idea. Like, this was all your idea to erase it. You thought it would be best. But then when we find out later on, like, when she finds the tape and finds the file and starts listening to it, you hear the doctor say, well like i said we agreed this would be best so like it it, on the tape it sounds like
0: it was not her idea but very much so his idea yeah because she's yeah she's like trying to stop it i don't know his whole everything he does is just preying on emotionally vulnerable people yeah Yeah, he's a monster entire life his whole
1: business model is preying on emotionally vulnerable people yeah just like
0: hollywood (laughs) They also prey on uh, children but... Oh no <laughs> Welcome to the QAnon podcast <laughs> The only QAnon movie podcast <laughs> They're right about that part They're right about Hollywood being predatory I got one thing right and It's that and,
1: everyone with power is a pedophile
0: Yeah, it's just that they made the crucial mistake of picking one guy with power to be, for some reason, the one who will stop it all. <laughs> yes. It's just like a fancy boy from New York. Who's also a pickle. Who's pedophile. also a pedophile.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and like,
0: the most likely to be guilty person in the world and being like, nah, he'll say this.
1: Oh, dear. And them Clintons, they just drink the blood of orphans. Not false. This is completely off topic. We can completely cut this. This made me laugh so much going back to uh, my girlfriend's place for Thanksgiving. So she used to joke about this, and her dad even made a joke about this. When she was growing up, her family is very conservative, as you can imagine, and she and I are not. Um, Her dad used to tell her the reason you don't have more teddy bears is because Bill Clinton steals them all. Kids is crazy. So fucking funny. <laughs> Good god, I've murdered Charlie.
0: So, that's such a fucking funny thing to say. <laughs> <laughs>
1: that's so fucked up, dude. <laughs> what the hell? Oh, oh no! but yeah, that was completely off topic. Uh, back to uh, <laughs> back to what we were talking about beforehand. Um, manipulative old men who prey on young women when they're in positions of power. Yeah, they're fucked up, aren't they? god damn dude. We could sorry, I just thought of another great movie that we could do on the podcast, but we're going to have to put some space between it and all of these. And that's American Beauty. Have you all seen American Beauty? I have
0: not. I should. don't know. We should touch American <laughs> Beauty. Dude. I guess that's Ke- too much at once. Oh god. <laughs> and
1: Kevin Spacey's in it. I forget that there's a young yeah, Kevin Spacey uh, in a American movie Beauty. that
0: already is like covering like pedophilia and also the lead actor is yeah, no, pedophile rapist <laughs> this <laughs> like... is
1: the most sex crimey movie we could do for another month
0: <laughs> this is the line <laughs> this is the line
1: uh... this has been too much lately
0: anyway um, so Joel was caught jerking it to potentially homemade furry porn as a yeah, oh home. that was fun. Oh, yeah. how do about <laughs> so... <can> that <laughs>
1: Yeah. So like throughout the, when, when we're in Joel's head they're deleting the memories, so he's trying to hide Clementine and memories that have nothing to do with her, which I also, this is being like the third or fourth time I've seen this movie finally put two and two together that with the reason he doesn't know the song. Oh my darling Clementine that all of us know from being children is because he pulls clementine into the memory of him being bathed in the sink as an infant with his mom singing that and when they find that memory they delete it and now he no longer knows that song because the memory of him learning it from his mom is gone i was like that's Mm -hmm. terrifying (laughs) yeah that uh so the two memory sequences he goes into there because she's like go somewhere humiliating right uh and it's yeah jerking it to furry porn
0: potentially got... his own hand drawn it was hard to tell yes
1: <laughs> uh but then that wasn't deep enough they found him they uh, found him, there. They found him <laughs> and his furry porn so he had to go back to being a child and being bullied into beating the shit out of a dead dove uh I, at least ben. it looked like it was already dead.
0: Yeah, that was uh, that weird. Was weird. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not sure what the movie was really going for then outside of, like, I don't know. It was just, like, sort or of just, a general traumatic childhood memory. Yeah, it's just, like, a memory like, he's
1: ashamed of, something he's buried. Yeah,
0: yeah, deep. just, like, a general, like, kids being cavemen and, <laughs> yeah. and <from> the wild. <laughs> Things that happen, you know, like... Yeah.
1: I think something that's interesting about... The Way the characters, the main characters are constructed of Joel and Clementine, right? Is that like Clementine's faults are that she's like impulsive and rash and maybe a little too willing to take risks and an alcoholic, uh, and also like snorting coke on the train, <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, not that there's that. I there's don't anything think that was that. coke she was snorting, that's like uh, a was it? No. That was like a sinus kind of thing. Like, that was not yeah. cocaine. You don't do cocaine oh. out of a little squeeze tube like that. that really <laughs> dude, I don't know anything do about cocaine. drugs. She took the cap of, off of something and stuck it in her nose. I was like, oh, hell yeah, dude, doing drugs.
0: It did It, it did look a lot like a sinus thing. <laughs> oh,
1: <Okay. Yeah. laughs> well, my bad. Never mind. She's not doing coke. She's just drinking. <laughs> not that there's anything wrong with doing coke. Cocaine, you do you. Uh, what? Um... is there something wrong? Again, I don't know anything about drugs. Welcome to Jump Cuts where we advocate using cocaine. I mean Remember, it's... if you're in Oregon, you can do or is it Oregon? Or is it uh Yeah, it's Oregon. It is Oregon. You, can,
0: yeah, you, can, do you can
1: do cocaine, you just can't do it with the plastic straw.
0: There's nothing morally wrong with the substance itself, but it's usually made with slaves, so
1: Oh, okay. Don't do cocaine. <laughs> And it's you know highly addictive and can give you heart attacks
0: and strokes at the age of thirty. uh yeah, but that's sort of more of a personal decision sort of thing, you know it's uh it's the slaves that really get my goat, but also like most of the clothes that i I own probably are also made the same way, so
1: I can't uh, believe we don't have more sponsors on this show. <laughs> <laughs> hey, big corporations that use uh, child labor in sweatshops, give us a sponsorship. Yeah. Uh, Come
0: on, Nike.
1: <laughs> Come on down. Anyways, yeah. So, Clementine, uh, that's that's what's wrong with her. Uh, <laughs> but Joel is just like boring, right? <laughs> Hey, he's a guy with, he's a guy with social anxiety like me. like I, I can relate to Joel. Yeah, he, he's yeah, I mean, I can too, right. He's like he's a, just a dude that like <laughs> I you know, there's nothing well, okay, there's nothing he sees as particularly interesting about himself.
0: Mm.
1: right? Uh, that's that's made very clear several times. He's like not comfortable talking about himself. And when he's, you know, going into all these places to, like, hide in his memories, it's largely just, like, massive social discomfort. uh, With, like, the the jerk-it-off thing and that, and then, like, (laughs) hiding under the table uh, when his mom is, like, having a cocktail party or something. It's, like, it's a very clear juxtaposition. And it's something you see a lot, right? Of, like, you have, like, the impulsive fun girl and the boring guy and they balance each other out.
0: Yeah, she's a manic pixie dream alcoholic.
1: Yeah. I was thinking <laughs> like I was trying to think of like how to stereotype her, uh <laughs> in my notes. Stereotype is a bad word. How to archetype her. That's the one I'm looking for. That's the that's the type.
0: Yeah, she's the most two thousand four movie Manny P- manic pixie dream girl character i haven't yeah. maybe ever seen
1: because there's like a little bit of like lingering like grunginess but it's not quite like goth right it's just like we're too close to the late 90s for it to be like zoe deschanel manic pixie dream girl yeah they couldn't it's... wear designer clothes yet they still had to wear flannel it's the... Uh, it's, she's a great kid. I've talked about the great before. We were a bunch yeah. of dirty potheads on Tennessee's campus. She's a great kid.
0: <laughs> yes. Yeah. And it's like... Like, her and Joel, it's like... I don't think they're, like, bad people. But they are certainly not ready for long-term relationship. <laughs> they each... Uh, a good heaping helping of therapy would be very helpful to both of these characters.
1: Excellent. But, yeah, they're they're both, like just unbalanced and socially dysfunctional in very opposite ways. But the emotional manifestation of that is very similar. It's just like, they're both a little uncomfortable, like all the time. And she yeah. overcompensates and he undercompensates, which again, is it's, it's not exactly an original dynamic. They didn't invent it for this movie, but I think it's done well. I think Jim Carrey, A.K. Winslet, they both, they play the characters very, very well.
0: Yeah, their relationship is very believable, you know, like, far be it from me to call a relationship where one person is the uh, quiet, awkward one, and the other is the talkative, (laughs) outgoing one, uh, unrealistic.
1: (laughs) I guess we want to talk about kind of like the very, the end of the film, after, you know, after Mary sends out everything. Oh, yeah, we didn't really, yeah, so let's talk about the very end. So after Mary finds out that, like, she's had a relationship with the doctor before, and she finds this out from the doctor's wife, which is, I don't know, it, it was a very uncomfortable scene. They did a great job at making that scene as uncomfortable as possible. Um, she goes to the office and gathers all the folders, all the tapes, any information about anybody who had their memory wiped, and mails it out to them. And attaches a letter saying that, like, you don't know who I am. You don't remember me because we've wiped your memory. But here is your memories that you wanted us to erase, basically, because she realized it was unethical. And so Joel and Clementine both receive their tapes from the fastest postal service I've ever seen. (laughs) My God, the U S really needs to figure out what the hell they're using here.
0: That's before they got defunded, you know? Yeah.
1: Um, And they start listening to the tapes and start hearing all of the terrible things that they're saying about each other, which results in Joel kicking Clementine out of his car only for him to go home and find another, find his tape. And when Clementine comes over to apologize, she hears what he says and storms out.
0: Yeah, it's uh, it's really interesting, the like them restarting their relationship basically with like this knowledge of where they ended up and the like darkest feelings they had for each other by the end of it. Um, I think that's sort of, I think what they're going for with this ending is like, a, you know, does this knowledge or this like seeing kind of like themselves and each other like at their worst right off the bat uh is that going to influence their relationship like is that going to maybe save it or make it uh, a little better the second time around maybe i I think it, it can't hurt you know it can't be any worse than it was because things got like pretty bad from what we saw in the flashbacks
1: I, I actually really liked the ending like I know that it, you know they're both kind of starting off on maybe not the greatest foot because they've now heard what they each said about each other hmm. but it also at the same time might you know give them an idea of the mistakes that they each made yeah to like help them going forward and you know they even say like let's like you know she admits that like yeah I'll probably get bored with you and you'll probably get fed up with me but he's just like, well, who knows? Like, let's just go for it.
0: Yeah. It's them sort of realizing that, like, even if it doesn't work out, it'd be worth it for the, the good times. And, you know, even if, like, you can't, I, I think it, it's a pretty unhealthy thing to, like, for, like, every relationship you get into, particularly with, like, when you're younger, to just, like, immediately be like, well, this isn't going to, like, last forever. Yeah. And you should just like dip you know like uh, y- you should try to like date in high school and, and like college and shit you know and like even if like you're in high school and it's like is it gonna last forever probably not most high school relationships don't <laughs> go on to marriage or whatever right but they hope you grow as a person and they can be a lot of fun you know uh like And these these characters are older and they have this like proof that like, hey, there's a very good chance like their relationship isn't going to be like, isn't going to last, you know. Uh, But like they're both into each other then. And it seems like there's a lot of fun to be had and a lot of like stuff to do. I don't know. And it'd be a waste of time to like not do anything in life out of the fear of it, like not lasting forever or like that it might make you sad later on. Pretty pretty nice little message for like a movie that for most of it has been kind of a downer for a lot of it, but yeah, uh, it it ends up pretty positive
1: because I, yeah, like, like I was saying briefly at the beginning, right? Like it, it's a metaphor or at least the way I read it was as a metaphor for fights. And what is the process you go through when something bad happens in a relationship, right? And you, either have a fight or you're upset for some other reason at this person you go back through and you evaluate everything you evaluate why am i angry what happened is there a good reason for it is it part of who they are or did they make a mistake and then you go and you look at all the other stuff and you say okay well how does this balance out and then you start to remember the happy times and like we were saying with them you know starting at the surface with all the angry negative memories and burying deeper and starting to find the the better ones the further they go and that's what you do right you have to evaluate as you move through relationships and you have to make a decision do we keep going or not uh, and this movie is just a drawn out version of that where like they at the, the beginning chronologically of the main arc of this movie over those main three days they don't have that evaluation period right Joel and Clementine they don't sit there and Mm -hmm. they don't talk it out they don't try to figure out like you know what happened what went wrong is it something we can fix she just leaves and then gets her memory erased (laughs) and then Joel gets his memory erased right so that the memory erasure process is the metaphorical talking it out right that's what they're doing in his head is that part that they didn't do in real life. And I think it's a very surreal, but effective way to, to demonstrate that and to take you on that emotional ride. Even if it's not telling you something you don't know, it sure as shit dragged me through like that emotional process, uh, which I was not prepared <laughs> for <at 1030 laughs> on a Tuesday morning, but you know, that's fine. That's that. Yeah. In my book, that makes it a good movie, right? i went through a whole wave of things that it wanted me to feel and boy i felt the shit out of them so yeah
0: although that leads me to one criticism or maybe something i would have liked to see is that i would be really interested to see the scenes of like clementine making the decision to get her memory erased because you never really get to see that uh, no. We just hear her yeah. say, like, oh, like, I'm impulsive, you know that. And then there's, like, followed up by the cringy line of, like, that's what I love about you. And I'm like, oh, kill me. But anyway, <laughs> like, these, like, <laughs> the, the movie sort of hand waves away her decision to get her memory erased. But it's like, her decision is a little more interesting to me because uh, Joel is doing it sort of out of, like, almost like revenge. Like, oh, she did it, so I'll do it too, right? Like, yeah. the pain that he's going through is probably a lot more acute because like if someone like leaves you and then without telling you erases their memory of you like god that has to sting you know uh, so like his decision almost makes mm-hmm. more sense but I would like to see like what was it exactly that pushed her like what was that experience like for her to decide to erase her memories uh, but we don't get to see that Just kind of a shame
1: yeah, we, we don't really get no, no. much of her side of the story. Uh, which, yeah, now that I think about it, now you say that, that would be interesting. Because I if my other criticism would be, and we kind of talked about this with like not feeling super-duper invested in the characters, it's like, despite the fact that we spend most of the movie inside of Joel's head, we don't know that much about him.
0: Yeah, we really don't get or even like we don't get that much most of the relationship maybe not most of it but a good portion of their relationship when they're supposed to show the good times are them just like frolicking on a beach together like they're like chilled like no one behaves this way right <laughs> like like we, we, we've all been in like relationships of very varying, varying length have you guys ever just like in your adult lives just like frolicked on a snowy beach with someone well there was this one time but it may have been the
1: acid i'm turning to. the what is the closest <laughs> thing i've done to frolicking <laughs> i don't know i can think of some things that are like i didn't i didn't frolic on a beach but i can feel i can think of some like similarly nonsensical <laughs> unproductive <laughs> activities i don't know
0: yeah, I get I don't know, like there is romance anime that has more realistic activities for the main characters. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> like fair. this shit is like their actual yeah. relationship is like kind of absurd, but like luckily that's not exactly the point of the movie, so like it it's fine. You know, like I'm
1: Yeah, what what we see of it is pretty surface level. It's just like the base emotions. Um and I think I think maybe I'm giving it too much credit here, but I think that's kind of what they're going for with like the beach frolicking stuff is like visually the parts of their relationship that we were seeing are just representative of emotions and it's not supposed to be like realistic development. Um, And in that sense it works. So if that's what they were going for, good job. But yeah, I going back to your original point, I think it would be interesting to know more Mm -hmm. about Joel and therefore to understand better what made clementine want to erase him slash did she actually cheat on him no because okay right we i don't or at least i don't think so because she even says like post like when they're listening to the tape and we hear joel say like oh like you know she just sleeps with people because like that's like, how she gets to know them, and she says, I don't do that. Like, I actually think that she is honest in that
0: sense, that she doesn't just sleep around. It's just him. He he dips into some, like, uh, when he's mad, he dips into misogyny real quick. (laughs) Uh, Which, like, he he goes straight for the, like, you know, like, calling her, like, you know, promiscuous and all kinds of stuff that I don't want to repeat on the podcast. but granted she calls him the slurs so oh that's true <laughs> you, i forgot about these that. people are no prizes you know uh, man 2004 you could still say that in movies you, huh? yep <laughs> i guess so. yep. i mean if we do this podcast long enough we'll find when that stopped i guess oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah
1: when you couldn't just do it casually that is right like it's a yeah, much more vitriolic. We'll narrow it down. If 2004
0: do it down. still happening, <laughs> so <laughs> we'll have to try 2005 and see if it's still going on there.
1: Let's watch Revenge of the Sith. And see- <laughs> was that 2005? <laughs> I think so. Believe oh it or God. not, it's in there.
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: it was because it came out. You know how I know it was 2005? It's because we uh, we went to somebody's birthday. Our, to see it. Our school grades lined up with the year number and I remember that movie going to see it after fifth grade graduation, air quotes, graduating to middle school. Um, huh. That movie <laughs> rules. No, it doesn't. Yes. It does. <laughs> Come on. All right. Next episode revenge. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, We'll talk more about
0: Star Wars. Ah, jeez,
1: don't do this to me.
0: I'm doing it to you. I I genuinely think that we could, if we ever did, like, Patreon bonus episode stuff, we could just have everything behind the paywall entirely be Star Wars whinging, and, like, we'd be able to come (laughs) up with an hour of content every week for, like, a long time. (laughs) (laughs) We
1: probably could, There are enough feelings
0: about it, and probably just entirely alone (laughs) for us to... (laughs) Come and listen to the about. Star Wars
1: monologue hosted by Charlie Biggerstaff. <laughs> yeah. If I had more patience for video editing, I'd just record myself screaming into my camera about Star Wars for two hours a day, five days a week, and I'd have two hundred subs on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> Worth it. Worth it. Well, all right. We're. Uh, I think we're we'll good on time. Starting right? to get a little yeah, over time here. So does anybody have anything else before we? start wrapping up no i do not believe so Alrighty then real quick recommendations uh park since it was your pick you can go first yeah i definitely recommend this movie it's fantastic the writing is incredible the actual like set design and everything is beautiful so if you're into that you're gonna love it i definitely would say that you just you might want to make sure that like you're in a good state of mind before watching it because it it does deal with some difficult feelings at times um i've been you know really killing it with picking the movies that's got some tough feelings (laughs) in it uh Mm -hmm. but no i i definitely recommend eternal sunshine and well
0: uh, yeah absolutely recommend I think it's uh, it's really great And I honestly from all the build up I kind of Expected it to be sadder from the way y'all Were talking about it and it'll hit you in the Feelings but I think it kind of leaves you on actually A pretty positive note so I'd, uh, yeah, I'd recommend it to pretty much Anyone great movie yeah I Agree it's a,
1: Man it was really good I, uh, I was expecting it to be good because Park Said it was good but I think it exceeded My expectations a little Bit it's a good emotional ride through lots of highs and lows, but it at least ends on a positive note. So you don't like, it doesn't ruin your whole day, uh, which is nice with these kinds of movies. Well, uh, that should just about do it then. Thank you for listening. You can find us on Instagram at jump Cuts Pod, on Twitter at jump Cuts Pod, on our website where I uh, upload all of our episodes. Technically speaking, uh, <laughs> Jumpcastpod.com, new episodes every thursday on all the places you like your podcasts or are listening uh right now if you found us well guess what it'll be there again next week so uh yeah, yeah. we
0: even release Boom. on holiday weeks aren't you lucky wow what
1: a nice young podcast we are <laughs> uh let's see real quick will where can the people find you
0: uh, you can uh, subscribe to my YouTube channel, Will Johnston on YouTube, and you can follow me on Twitter at WillPostWords Will has a new video, go watch it uh, Park uh,
1: You can find me on Instagram at SummerHour_Brewing, underscore uh, Brewing where you can follow me through the uh, craft beer industry and our new cannabis overlords <laughs> <laughs> Nice uh and you can find me on instagram at charliebe.rights on twitter at big sports atl oh i'm gonna God. change that to something Keep better forever. <laughs> uh, i mean hey listen if i ever am able to bring the sports content back that you know the just, that branding is just throw functional an e but in front of the sports and just talk about melee yeah. no uh, <laughs> have you noticed i changed your name to that in the group text? <laughs> Yes, I did. (laughs) I can't even just make it like CM Biggles, though, like the name I use in all the video games I play, because I made a Twitter account with that name, uh, because some girl we went to high school with, who I will name when we're done recording, told me to do that, uh, and then I did, and then I never used it. (laughs) That's my compelling story about how cool I was in high school. Anyways... That's all. Yeah, that's it. That's everything. Be sure to uh, (laughs) like, review, rating, whatever you do on your chosen podcast app. It uh, really helps us out. I think, maybe. I don't actually know. Can't hurt. Can't hurt. (laughs) Yeah. Boy, this has been a professional production. Thanks.
0: See you next Thursday. Bye. Bye.